From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, try to give you some Tate takes, some practice observations, but Corey and I get derailed into an argument over the college football playoff, but we do give you our thoughts on the Louisville game, our first impressions, and the replay from last night's college football playoff reveal with Tom Lang, Gene Williams, and myself. Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida, 2475 Appalachian Parkway. You can always find them on the website, cptallybar.com. Hit the QR code, takes you right there. You can check out the full menu. They have delicious lunch specials, but they also have a very ambitious menu, Corey, I would say. Ahi crusted tuna, bacon wrapped shrimp, barbecued pulled pork nachos, um, the smokehouse chicken salad, the Nashville hot, the prime rib sandwich, the bear. I mean, they're not messing around. You want to just play some darts? You want to play some pool? You want to play some trivia or bingo? Cool. But go out there and eat. Treat yourself. Yeah. Treat yourself. Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Wednesday's lunch special, of course. Five-piece chicken wings and french fries. Some say best chicken wings in town. Those that know. Yeah, and if you can't be in Charlotte, which I hope all of you are, but if you can't be in Charlotte, I'm telling you, that's a nice place to go watch the Knowles. It's packed. It's a lot of Florida State fans. It's got a game atmosphere, kind of, because everybody's riled up and into the game. So, yeah, get there Get there early, though, because uh, there aren't a lot of seats go fast for a uh, for a big game. Mm. Speaking of Charlotte, don't forget this weekend is the ACC championship game, but Friday, the welcome party from the Charlotte Seminole Club going on over at Resident Culture, 6 p.m. Friday on the south end, 332 West Bland Street, Charlotte, North Carolina. All ages are welcome. So be on your P's and Q's, Corey Clark. Jeff Cameron, just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Ira's always going to be on his P's and Q's, just the, the face. If we were a fraternity, he's our face guy, is what they used to call it, the face guy. How are you, Corey? I trust you're well? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? Good, man. Just buzzing. Buzzing off that playoff poll release last night. Just feeling it at practice yeah. yesterday. Going to go freeze again today. Cannot wait. Right. I can't. I hate the cold more and more as every year transpires. I can't imagine what I'm going to be like if I can make it to, like, 65. Not that that's old. But, you know, that's just, you know, it's, I don't want to do the math, but, you know, it's a decade and change away. I just wonder how much right. more miserable of a man I'll be when that stuff uh, rolls around. But no one wants to know about that. Uh, give us some observations from practice on Tuesday, Core. I know period three, first team period, wasn't like the, the most, in, you know, wasn't the, the most beautiful display of offensive football. But I think, I'm assuming on Tuesday, the scenario was getting to field goal range we're probably down by one or two and let's see what can happen and darren williamson caught, caught a pass lawrence Ophelia, lawrence Ophelia caught a pass and ryan fitzgerald did his job and made a 45 yard field goal so that's your mm. that's your team period observations i don't think they scored on the play which is like period nine or so when they're wrapping up that that first kind of 11 on 11 stuff they'll do outside uh, that one was a little bit Touch and go to it felt like, but I, th- I think the defense rose up. Yeah, it was a pass to our guy Jackson West, who we need to we need to ask about Jackson West. He's he's part yeah. of the plans. But uh, give me some other sauce that you saw out there 
on the field for the Seminoles, Corey? Uh, you know, not a lot. I got there late. I just saw him against scout team. Uh, the Florida State offense dominated the scout team defense, and the Florida State defense looked like they dominated uh, the scout team offense. So looked good on that. Uh, uh, you know, going the two by and a half is just it's just just giving away money. Only two and a half. The line right. sounds like that's crazy. It's going down though. I think that thing keeps uh, getting lower. Um, yeah, no. So I mean, look, it, it was a shorter practice than normal, as Norvell alluded to afterwards. He said, you know, it's that time of year. Uh, but when they're going, they're going. They're not out there kind of going through the motions. They're practicing hard. But I feel like he cut it about, I would say, 20 minutes short than what they normally do. We'll see what they do today, or you'll see what they do today, because I will not be there, thankfully. I'll be in my warm electric blanket, Aslan. Yeah, cool. nice and cozy. Nice. Tell me how it goes. Um, but I'll yeah, man, I, you know. You. It, it's I was it, it struck me because it was cold and we're sitting up there in that wind tunnel on the baseball field and I'm like man it's just you know it's kind of a it, it's a, obviously it's cool we have great jobs and I never I never take it for granted but like it's a good privilege for a team to still be practicing this week there aren't many right there's what how many teams are practicing this week out of 130 12 14 yeah some of them something like that. Yeah, I mean that's cool. That's that's cool. It's been nine years since I've had to cover. Well, and back then we didn't get to watch practice. Uh, but nine years since a team I covered was practicing this time of year, um, and you know, you, I thought it was interesting. Ira asked him because this is something we're going to talk a lot about here in the next month. But he did ask him about like the you know the balance of game planning, getting ready for Louisville, not Louisville. Right. Ira right. keeps telling me it's not Louisville. Louisville, but also the portal is filling up, gang. Like there's kids being offered in the portal. The portal is filling guys from all across the country. It's portal season. Every day there's, you know, two or three or five or ten more quarterbacks that get in the portal. And, uh, you know, Florida State has to do their due diligence because I, I'm pretty sure, Aslan, didn't we say this uh, yesterday that they can start signing on the 4th, right? I think that's when it opens. Well, going. I think it's all I mean, you can put your name in the portal, but I assume you can sign any time after that. It's like free agency, right? Yeah, I guess maybe that's when you can start making contact. Um, yeah, but typically, like, literally, you could make contact. The guy's like, yeah, I want to come. And then there you go. You're signed. Um, I think, right? I think that could be the early. I don't think it's like um, National Signing Day where there's just one set day that you got to get to December. Oh, correct. 20th. Correct. Correct. I think they could just start signing whenever. So that will start in earnest next Monday. So. Trust me, Florida State wants to win this game. They're paying attention to this game. They're game planning for this game. A lot of their attention is to this game. But, you know, you you also have to prepare for the future, and that's what these teams that are practicing this week have to deal with that, you know, the Floridas of the world don't or the Miamis of the world don't because they're not playing this week. They're not playing in their conference championship game, so they can devote their time to the one-on-one meetings with the kids currently on their roster to get a feel for what they're going to do and then also really start examining the portal. But Norvell sounded like, and I, there's no reason to doubt him, that you know they're paying attention to the portal too. They're also trying to obviously keep contact with their, the high school recruits. They want to keep that thing in the top five and get all the players that they want to get. But, man, what a crazy crazy time of year this is you're playing for it you're basically playing a playoff game this saturday and then two days later free agency starts like imagine uh, let's say the the baltimore ravens just beat the bills in the divisional round and then two days later they have to decide if they want the safety from the patriots 
free you know what I mean? Like free right, agency right. opens up. That is it is crazy how what this calendar is like for these college football staffs, but that's the reality. And they are going to have to go get guys in the portal and firm up the guys that are on their roster. They have to do all that starting on Monday, two days after you hope they've hoisted a trophy and earned themselves a spot in the playoff. What a time. Yeah. Um and it's going to be interesting, too. I mean, I don't think we'll ever really know or be able to quantify it, but I, I don't think Georgia's going to be, you know, having to spend maybe as much time looking at, at prospects in the portal and, and entertaining them. Same with Michigan. Uh, not sure about Washington and Oregon and, um, you know, whoever else is going to be in the fold with Florida State that makes it to the playoff. But uh, the staff does seem quite organized, so surely yeah. they'll be able to handle it. And yeah, the window's open from December fourth to, to January second, so you, you know it's the window meaning they can sign any time between then and then, right? Right. And they it's can got to be what it means. Yeah, they can officially enter the portal at midnight December fourth. You can go ahead and declare your intentions beforehand, but you you can't only the portal's not officially open for business business quotes right uh, until December fourth at midnight. So. Um, yeah, we'll see how they uh, balance all that sort of stuff out. How many guys do you think they're going to get? Man, um, we talked about three it on and a headlines. half over. Under yeah, three. see, that's what Jeff said. He thought three to five. I think it'll be double that. Ooh, um, okay. I, I hope just, not, man. That's going to be distracting. I'm well, sorry. I just think it's going to be distracting. Well, that's assuming they're playing for a playoff, which we're all hoping. Yeah. Otherwise, who cares if you're distracted from the Chick Fil A Bowl? Right. But right. um. But also, I just you know we talked with uh, on headlines. We talked about it. I'm of the I'm on the higher end. Jeff is on the lower end. I think Ira was somewhere in the middle. But Jeff thought Jeff thought three to five. Um, and I just think, um, you know, and it, it also like what what makes this different is that you know in 2021 you had to replenish your roster with kind of whoever was interested in you, anybody that was an able-bodied Division One ish football player. Because you just had holes everywhere, and you need to throw numbers at the problem. Well, now you can be a lot more uh, choosy, mm. but you also have a lot more really good choices. Like Florida State is going to be called uh, the the best player on Purdue's football team, or the best player on Washington State, or the five best players on UCLA. Whatever they are, they are in a destination program, especially for the portal kids. After what's happened the last two years. They're a destination program, period. They're one of the best programs in the country. They're in Florida. Like, they're going to have to turn kids away, and they're going to have some really good football players that are going to express interest in them. And it's just going to be its going to be that balance of, okay, do we, do we go get this really good linebacker from Purdue that we think can help us next year? And I'm just throwing that out there. I have no I doubt what Purdue has any good linebacker. Say receiver from Purdue. Deion Burks is in the portal. He had like 47 catches, seven scores. So there we go. Deion and you. Hey, you've done well with Big Ten kids. Yeah. So Deion Burks wants to come. Do you want to? Do you want to spend some time and some resources to get Deion Burks on campus? Are you better off riding with Hakeem Williams, Destin Hill, Vandravius Jacobs, and company guys that you have immense talent? We think, but have never done it. And that, though, that's the calculations that this staff is going to have to make when it comes to next season because we all think that Florida State will take a step back next season. Not to four wins, but they're not going to be 12-0 and 0 again next year, probably. I mean, they have, they're have they losing, I don't know, man, 90% of their – if Trey Benson leaves and Keon leaves and Johnny leaves and Jaheim Bell leaves, like you're losing a ton of production. And you're going to have to replace it somewhere. But but so anyway, they're, gonna, they're, they're not going to be as good next year. 
but they have a great recruiting class coming in. They had a good one last season. I am of the opinion they need one more stopgap year, hole-filling year with veteran players to keep them at the 9-10 to 10 win bar, and then the recruiting classes that you've built through the high school ranks really take off in 2025. Because you can't – no, I don't care if they have the number one class in the country in 2024. You can't expect but a handful of those kids to really make an impact as true freshmen. So you're still going to need veteran bodies – to keep this momentum going. So that's all. That'll be just, again, I don't know why I'm talking about that the week of a championship Seriously, game. come on. Sorry. Practice but it observation. Just, it, got me, it got me thinking. It just, well, I can't. I don't have anything to observe, so that's why I pivoted. But um, it, it just got me thinking about what, what they're – and also, Norvell did address it, like how crazy these next couple of weeks are going to be. Because it's, it's, cra- it's out of control. You got the portal. You got the recruiting. National signing day is December twentieth. The portal starts from December fourth to and runs to what? what January fifth. January fifth. January second. Yeah. And you have an ACC championship game and perhaps a playoff game in the middle of all that. What a time! But as Mike Norvell said, like he embraces this uh, responsibility, like being in this position. Yeah. To your point about having to be out in the freezing cold, you know, relatively speaking, freezing cold. Uh, just means you're uh, you're playing really meaningful football. Beats and, the alternative, doesn't it? And I was just trying to think about, and I'll throw something at you folks here in a minute or two about the practice because I know that's what's in the headline of the podcast you're listening to right now. But I don't know if it was last year or two years ago, but I remember like waking up on Sunday and turning on the TV and seeing like the college football playoff show the Sunday after championship weekend where they announced the the four, and I'm like, man. We are so far away from this, but how awesome is it for these teams? Like, I, I'm so jealous of the Ohio State fan that gets to wake yeah. up and see if they still were able to get in there despite losing to Michigan. I'm jealous of the TCU fan that's like, man, are we going to be in here even though we lost the the Big Ten, the Big Twelve championship game? And I'm like, man, Florida State's so far from that. I might have even thought of that last year, but I know for sure, like two years ago. But here we are, man. Like we're gonna, you know, we watched it last night and then. You know, fingers, toes crossed. Sunday's going to be really important, too. So, um, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it, man. Now I get a cool bowl gift at minimum, right? Probably a pullover. Maybe a backpack. Um, Yeah, no matter where they go, it's going to be a New Year's Six game, so you'll get something cool. Yeah, not just a Um, box of crackers. Right, yeah. I'm trying to think of what. It's been a minute. It's been, uh, what, since the Orange Bowl in 16. I've been to a a cool bowl like that, so I can't remember what I got. The laptop bag, maybe? Independence Bowl, shout out. You know, walk-ons gave you that nice Under Armour pullover, which I'm jealous of. Have you lost it? I wore that a lot. I have. I don't know where it is, but I love that thing. That That thing was great. great. It was actually the city itself, I'm on record. But the people that run the bowl really do care about it and try to make it as big time as it can possibly feel for that. So hopefully we'll never go back. But you know they did make them. You know they they made it. You know as good as they as good as they possibly could. So and you know another thing I want to throw out, out at you, Aslan. Something else we talked on headlines. Um, say Alabama beats Georgia. Yes. And everybody else wins that's supposed to win. Our our Oregon Favorite. wins. Yeah, Oregon, Texas, Michigan, Florida State. Why not Washington? Is that part of your exercise? Yeah, just part of the – well, either way, it doesn't matter. But if Alabama beats Georgia and Texas wins and Florida State wins and Michigan wins, is the SEC left out? Absolutely not. Nope. No way. Who gets in? 
Alabama would get in. I think Georgia, Alabama can't get in over Texas. Yes, they can. They can't. They yes, can't. they can. I There's, hope they do, and then we're gonna have. I'm have the funnest time on the show. Sands Florida State winning a national title, being like, I told you so. That game happened two months ago. Jalen Milrow is a completely different quarterback. That's a completely different team. I get it was in Tuscaloosa by two scores. No one does that. No one goes into Death Valley and beats Clemson either. It doesn't matter who's playing the best right now. Alabama's deserving of it if they beat the two-time reigning national champions. Sorry, after 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 needing a miracle to beat a six and sixteen. Hey, Florida so, State needed Clemson to miss a thirty-two-yard field that. goal. I, I'm saying, I'm saying every know, team's got that though, Corey. Every right. team's got breaks that happen in the course of the it, season. But they played each other. Why would two Alabama? Did, why would Alabama get in? Well, who cares? Because like, Texas it, hasn't the, looked that impressive other than Texas Tech last week. They They've, also had they also had their backup quarterback. Like well, not they against got their TCU. Starting, not against they still got their starting quarterback back. And they lost a one-score game in a neutral site. Against Where he the turned it over three team. times. Their starting quarter, their star quarterback but, turned but it over I mean, three times. Look, the point is they have equal resumes and one beat the other. So you're assuming that Texas couldn't beat Georgia. But Texas beat Alabama, who beat Georgia. So maybe Texas would beat Georgia. But the point being, if that happens, Jeff is convinced that the SEC is left out. I'm not convinced. But I'm also not nearly as convinced as you are that there's no way it would happen. In sweet Moses, Aslan, how wonderful would it be (laughs) if the last college football playoff with four teams, the SEC is left out? Would the world stop spinning? Would the sun come up tomorrow? Would people even care? Or would it get like NHL November ratings? I bet people would still watch Florida State, Michigan, Texas, Oregon. I bet they would. I, we don't have to have it. I just think it would be so sweet. I get you. that you would. I, I get that you're battling the scenario that um, I, I just look. Texas, Alabama beat Georgia. They deserve to be in. But Texas beat Alabama. They don't deserve to be in, even though they have the same record. And they played not at a neutral site, but in Alabama. But that the that that notwithstanding, um, I just think there is a possibility, not a distinct one, that the SEC would be left out. And, oh, mother of God, would that be wonderful? Would that just be the final, like, chef's kiss on the four-team college football playoff? I would love it. It, If for nothing else, what happened nine years ago? I would just love it. I would love it. I would embrace it. I would think it's very funny. I would tell every Georgia fan I know, yeah, you guys probably are better than Florida State. Yeah. Alabama would beat Florida State, too, probably. Guess what? Have fun in co- at the Cotton Bowl. Maybe you guys can rematch. Rubber match. Yeah, yeah. Play again. Run it back, gang. Run it back. <laughs> but, yeah, that's what – I mean, there is a chance, right? You can't – I know you say absolutely not, but there is a chance that if Alabama beats Georgia, that it, it would be – again, Florida State still has to win. That is by far the most important thing. It could be Michigan, Florida State, Oregon, Texas. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be awesome? I wonder if the Oregon-Washington thing would affect that outcome. Like if Washington's undefeated, Michigan's undefeated, Florida State's undefeated, then you have a one-loss Georgia, one-loss Alabama, one-loss Texas. If that makes it murky. I think it would make it murkier, and I think in that scenario, um, it just can't be Alabama. It would have to be Georgia or Texas. 
No, it couldn't oh. be Georgia probably in that situation because yeah, I don't yeah. Recency, you would say Texas beat you know Alabama. That was two months ago, so we're not going to put as much weight into it. You can't say well Georgia's had such a great season; they lost forty eight hours ago. It's all right. We're still going to put them in. Over yeah, the it, but I, you're right. I, I that's why I would think it would have to be Texas if Texas won their oh, game. Because, oh, that's a cop out kind of. All yeah, right. yeah, like Texas. Well, we can't choose between Alabama and Georgia. Alabama just beat Georgia, but Texas beat Alabama. You so just we'll convinced go with me. Texas. I just changed my mind. I guess that that's that's a scenario. Yeah, that's a scenario. I, it, what, just it, what a, it's a dumb sport. I get it. We love it, but it's so stupid. It's so stupid that we have to have these conversations. Um, it's so stupid that people think that a thirteen and zero undefeated Florida State team would be left out. Uh, but that's the conversations we have. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I just I that's I and I I talked about this on headlines because Ira's like, yeah, but then Georgia loses, and I'm like, man, I don't care. They've won two national championships in a row. Great. It was awesome. I have a bunch of friends that are Georgia fans. I went there. Um, but I, it's literally I, enough I would, for a lifetime. I mean, they had one, yes. you know, for how many generations? But, but also, nobody is going to be playing a violin for sad Georgia or Alabama fans. Oh, no. We got a playoff without Georgia or Alabama and Ohio State. How will we ever survive? Next year, there's going to be five SEC teams in it. So it would be really funny and fitting, I think, and, well, more ironic than fitting, that uh, if if there was a playoff scenario where uh, where there were no SEC teams, what are the chances that if, if Alabama were to beat Georgia, Saban in the post game at the podium in Atlanta would say that both of these both both the teams that played here on this field tonight deserve to be in the playoff? A hundred percent. That's what they do. A hundred percent. I hope whoever uh, loses the ACC championship game says the same thing. <laughs> like if it's uh, Brom, he's like, look, I know we're ten and three. But we we're the best ten and three team in the country. We probably belong in there. Or if Norvell, you know, same thing. Like it's only the SEC that gets away with that. The Pac twelve coach probably could do it too. If like if Washington loses, uh, Oregon, uh, what, what's my man's name? Dan Lanning would be like, yeah, I think Washington's one of the best teams in the country. Most conferences take care of themselves like that. But yeah, it, it's uh, you know, look, and a lot of stuff has to happen. But Tennessee, Texas winning, beating Oklahoma State certainly is reasonable. They're a four, two touchdown favorite. Oregon beating Washington, Florida State beating Louisville, and Michigan beating that th- those th- just that Hawkeyes. Offense, the Hawkeyes. I know. Come on, hey man. Like, I know. I know. I don't give them American I just, farmers, man. I can't. I can't. Yeah, and you know, corn grows Iowa, and Iowa grows corn. I, I get it. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that would be awesome if that happened uh, because I just don't know how the committee could um, justify putting Alabama in over Texas. I know what you're saying it happened two months ago, but games matter. I don't care when they're played. They're on the schedule. It's the regular season schedule. So they matter. And they played each other. So that's the ultimate tiebreaker. Everything being equal or close to equal, or even if you think Alabama's better, again, I think Texas beats Auburn by more than a fourth and 31, but I could be wrong. But either way, everything being equal, the teams that played each other, you take the team that won. And so you would do that with Alabama over Georgia. Well, you should do that for Texas. Texas over Alabama. And then poor little Nick Saban doesn't get to go win another championship. Or poor little Kirby Smart. I you mean, Kirby much... Smart's been in the playoff like, what, seven times? Probably since this thing started? Uh, 17 when they lost to Alabama. That was his first time. Well, I'm talking about when it. he was the Alabama oh, DC, oh, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like 14, 15, 16, 17, uh, at least 21 and 20. So at least six yeah. times. Yeah. It'd be all right if he missed one. Yeah. We'd all get over it. Do you know how much grief, I guess, diplomatically, I would say, every team that makes it in is going to take from like Paul Feinbaum and 
whoever else ESPN will give airtime to to come on and be like the contrarian. They'll be like, who did Michigan really beat? Yeah. yeah, they beat Ohio State, but Penn State, they beat them and they, before they fired their offensive coordinator and they had a horrible offense and Iowa can't score any points. And who did Washington beat? You know, Oregon, Oregon, they only have one quality win. That's against a Washington team that they lost to earlier in the year. Yeah. Why do they get in? Who's Florida State beat? They haven't beat a ranked team. It's you know, they beat Louisville, but it's gonna be it just Yo, know, that's well, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? It's and luckily next year We'll be in Pasadena sipping on I don't know some some daiquiris or something. Hopefully we'll Newport be in Beach. New, hopefully we'll be in New Orleans, my man. That's what we're hoping for. Um, and next year the argument will be like, uh, what? Who's twelfth? LSU. It's like Ole like, Miss and Penn State like fighting to get into the playoffs. Which in those instances, literally, who cares? Like I I know literally is too strong a word, and a lot of people care. I care. I do this. I do this for a living. But it's like Ole Miss has two losses. Penn State has two horrible losses. Like. No, you're not going to feel say sorry. Penn State's got two horrible losses. No, I mean the way they looked on oh, offense, okay. just the way they looked. Sorry, they're good. They're good. They're the very good quality, teams they lost quality to. Quality levels. Quality. The most quality. They had the best losses. Um, but yeah, so but it, you wouldn't feel sorry for Penn State. It's like, man, you had two chances to at least look competent offensively against these two uh, upper tier programs, and you failed miserably both times. Ole Miss, you can't stop anyone. Um, so, and they would. Do, I'm not saying they wouldn't deserve to go because somebody has to go. But you would. The, the arguments next year and moving forward, and Florida State fans will be a part of this most likely for for the foreseeable future, is seeding. All your if you're good enough, you're going to be care. The arguments for Florida State next year, if this if the we had a 12 team playoff right now, Florida State would be playing for a first round bye. Hmm. That's what this game on Saturday night would represent. A home game, I think, right. Well, no, they get a bye. Oh, bye week. Right, yeah, it'd be a bye. You, the first four get a bye. The next four get a home game. Mm. So, you know, five to eight get a home game. So that will be the eight, nine games. The, those those differences will be magnified, like, but only because who gets to host the game. But, but yeah, like Florida State fans, you'd be like, okay, even if you lose to Louisville, you're probably going to host a playoff game in the first round. So it's it's going to be a, a, a I, put yourself in there, folks. Like think about if there was a twelve team playoff right now. If Florida State loses, they might drop out of the top eight, and then they're on the road for the first round of the playoffs. Um, and if they win, they get a bye. Like that's what that's well, what Louisville's, these games will mean. Louisville will be fighting for their lives on Saturday yes, night. Correct. They'd be fighting for a spot in the playoff. Georgia and Alabama would be fighting for a, a bye. The other team would be certainly hosting a first-round game, but they wouldn't get a bye. So there will be stakes, but the stakes aren't as high as like this week where if Florida State loses, they have no chance to win a championship. Hmm. If Georgia loses, maybe they have no chance. If Oregon or Washington lose, absolutely they know. Like the Oregon-Washington game is a playoff game. It's an eliminator. Yeah. It's an eliminating game. Florida State can get eliminated. Uh, you know, Obviously, Michigan can get eliminated. Like every team that's playing right now, this week, if they lose, other than Georgia, what about Michigan? What if Michigan lost to Iowa? What if all the favorites lost, Corey? Yeah, I don't know. That's that's I don't other want to Oregon. go down that path. Other but I Oregon. think I think Georgia, maybe Michigan, but I think Georgia is the only one that, if they lose, they still think they have a fighting shot. Yes. Everybody else playing this weekend, if they lose, they know the season's not over, but the championship dreams are done. That's cool, man. That's cool. I said it last week or last yesterday, man. That's, you're in a playoff right now. This is a playoff game. You lose, you get to keep playing for a championship. You are sorry. You win, you get to keep playing for a championship. You lose, 
you know, New Year's Six Bowl. Get, but get on with the getting with the roster retention. Mm. Like that's what that's where you turn your attention to. So uh, pretty neat to have these kind of stakes uh, at this part of the season. Next year will just feel different because almost all these teams playing this week, Texas would be pretty good, pretty secure, win or lose. Obviously, Michigan, win or lose. Georgia, Alabama, maybe both get into the playoff uh, next year. There won't be like the stakes won't be as high, but there'll still be stakes because you're going to want to either host a home playoff game or get that first round by. 28 minutes into the show, you're here for practice observation. And maybe I actually ended up deleting it from the headline. I hope you did because, again, you well, know I showed up an hour. Well, I, don't, not, I don't think that's true. It's not and, on you. It's not on and, just... I, and I think I showed up an hour. I, I don't think. I showed up about an hour late to practice, and it was a short practice. Uh, so I don't have a lot to, to offer. Well, I just, I'm, to think of anything. I'm, just tr- I'm just trying to tell people there that you're here to hear, like, all right, Tate looked really good. He's picking it up better. We're going to be better. Oh, the 30-point 30, yeah. 30 threshold is back. That's what Florida State does. Minimum 30, maybe the 40-burger. Not going to say, I'm, not, I'm not going to say that. I'm not making that assessment yet. I'm not making right. any declarations. Smart. One more day of practice. We'll see how it, how it comes along. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was, it was Tate. Um, yeah. So we'll give it another day and see how it looks. But I, I think the number right now is like 50, 52 maybe, Corey? No, it's like it's under fifty. It's like forty-eight or forty-nine. Wow, for the, really? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, and it's what like two and a half. It's even getting tighter than that. So it smells, feels like well, like a twenty-four, twenty-one-ish kind of game, twenty-seven, twenty-four. Um, which I don't, I don't know who really would want that. Um, you know, I, yeah. Right now, Florida State uh, is minus two and a half, and the over/under is forty-eight and a half. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Like twenty-five, twenty-three, somewhere in that neighborhood. But I'm sure some people out there are like, ah, who's going to, you know, who, no one's going to score 24 on this defense. And it's like, man, it's late in the season. It's it's a neutral side. It's cold. Jeff Brom's going to try to, th- he's going to throw everything he has at this team. And then when your offense maybe is not as efficient, as effective yeah. as it has been, they just create some situations where the defense, you know, maybe is in less favorable positions to get off the field as quickly as they usually do. So. It's oh. a real team they're it's playing. It's going to be a stressful man. game. Which, oh, hey, man, oh, it's, that's why they're two-and-a-half-point yeah. favorites. It's, it's not a 20-point spread. Uh, Louisville can play. And I would say Louisville – Louisville, sorry. Thank you. Um, is is – I don't know, man. I know they're not the best team well, here you want, that you Florida want, State has played. You want comparison? But, five common opponents. Louisville scored 172. Florida State scored 159. Louisville has yeah. allowed 100 points. FSU has allowed 93 to the same – five common opponents. So the margin of victory for Florida State's been 13.2 points in their victories against the five common opponents. Louisville's has been 14.4 common opponents, Boston College, Pitt, Virginia Tech, Duke, and Miami. Although and lost a Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. Although um, also uh, they played Duke without Leonard, uh, Riley yeah. Leonard. Florida State had Riley Leonard with one foot for three quarters. But they also played Miami with Tyler Van Dyke. That is true. And that's Florida true. State did not, although, you know, in hindsight, that was a bad decision by Cristobal. But that's what I was going to say. I think if you look at this Louisville team, it's probably the most compl- – and I'm not saying it's the best. It's the most complete team they've played. Not great on either side of the ball, but competent on either side of the ball. So think about the best teams that Florida State has played. Uh, LSU, incredible offense, it turns out. A horrible defense. Uh, maybe the worst defense in the SEC, one of the worst defenses of any top 15 team I've ever seen. They're horrible. Like A&M put up yards and points on them. A&M with a third-string quarterback. Um, 
they're awful defensively. Clemson, incredible defense, not a good offense at all. They just beat South Carolina without scoring an offensive touchdown. I mean, that offense is a wreck. Just like their their offense is almost as bad as LSU's defense. So, and then Miami. I think Miami's more athletic on the lines of scrimmage. Yeah, I think Miami's the most disciplined and sound Louisville is than Miami. They are, and I think Miami is probably the most similar because of the line of scrimmage. But Miami was starting a true freshman quarterback on the road. You're playing a guy that's in his sixth year in a neutral site. And again, you played Florida, who probably has a better offense overall than Louisville. Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. But, um, you know, they were starting a a freshman quarterback making his first start. So you're, that's what makes this game kind of unique. And, uh, and the Cardinals are – I'm going to just start calling them the Cardinals because I'm tired of saying the city. Um, that, that's what makes them uh, such a tough team to, like, kind of figure out uh, or, or, you know, project what this game is going to go like because they do have playmakers. They do have a, a pretty good defense, and they do have a pretty good offense. And you have not faced that at all this year. You face some pretty good defenses – and you face, you know, an electric offense to start the season, but not t- not a team that's pretty good on both sides of the ball. And so that's why I think this is going to be a really good test, a really big test. It's probably, like I said, probably the most complete team you've seen all season. And you're doing it with the backup quarterback in a championship game. Mm. So if you win it, it's a great win. It's a and again, just I know they just lost to Kentucky. Kentucky had 280 yards of total offense in that game. Kentucky loves to run the ball. They pride themselves on running the ball. They have a very good running back. He had eight. They had 80 yards rushing against Louisville. Like they, they're they're tough. They're physical, and they're well coached, and they have uh they have a competent offense, which you have not faced a competent. What's the last good offense you faced, Aslan? Oh man, uh, jeez, she's in crack. I mean, Duke, but they had one-legged quarterback. Yeah, and they they weren't even good on offense, but he had both legs. No. Um, they had the best defense. They have a better defense, I think, than Louisville. But Louisville has a better offense. So anyway, the point being, this is a real game. This is a great test, and and if they are able to beat Louisville, that's a that's a great accomplishment, especially for a for like I said, a team that. Um, has has struggled to run the ball at times this year and is is playing a backup quarterback. They're going to need Tate to play well. This will not be a game, in my opinion, but when we're talking about the points, the race, what you're trying to get to first. This can't be a game like the Swamp where you're like, man, just get us to 20. We can win this game because that quarterback isn't going to be able to score a lot of points against us. Right. You know, the, the, the Louisville's score on everyone. They, they can score points. Uh, he's going to give you a couple of turnovers probably. He's going to make some crazy decisions. But they, they can score. They can run the ball. They have two good running backs. They have a pretty good offensive line. They're a test. They're a real test. So I'm, I'm fired up for it, man. This, is, this isn't like the 13 Duke game uh, or even the 14 Georgia Tech game where you knew you were going to score a ton of points against that defense. This is a real – it could be a real nail-biter, gang. It's fun, though. First game of the year, Florida State goes into the game not having the superior quarterback. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, look, man, Jordan Travis outplayed the Heisman winner that night. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say so, absolutely. And uh, he might be, and I don't I don't say this lightly, and I don't think he's very good. He still <laughs> might be the second-best quarterback you faced all season. Yeah. I, Castellanos probably is. Maybe the Drones kid ends up being really good. 
but they were both freshmen making like their second start and their third start. And this guy is making his, I don't know, 100th start. Who knows? He's been around Brom forever. Uh, and he's not very good. I'm not saying he's great. It's just that there aren't a lot of great quarterbacks out there, but only one has been on your schedule, and you face them the first week of September. So um, it'll be a, it's going to be a step up in competition for the defense. But, man, this defense has wrote, risen to the challenge every week. It's gotten hit in the mouth. It's gotten knocked down a few times. It's always stood back up and won the game. And it's, I, you know, I just feel it's going to have to do that again in Charlotte. It's going to have to play very, very well for Florida State to win this game because I don't expect Tate and the offense to go put up, like you said, a 40-burger. I don't see that happening. So the defense will have to play well on Saturday night, which why wouldn't they? They've been doing it all year. Do you like vitamin energy, Corey? I love it. I love it. I need some. I need some. Need some mood. Need some mood in my life. Brady giving you problems? Well, I'm about to go back up there. Like I'm, re- we're recording this, and then I'm driving up to Atlanta. Uh, so I gotta, I gotta gird myself <laughs> for dealing with a 15 year old for the next few days. All right. Well, you can stop by the Midtown offices. We got, I think, maybe one more box left of the Mood Plus. Mm, okay. Um, so I'll help you out there. Tastes delicious. 260 milligrams of all natural caffeine, as well as nutrients and antioxidants to help improve your mood. And it's not just some guy with a microphone in his guest room telling you that. Vitamin Energy is the world's first and only clinically proven energy shot. 75% of folks in the 14-day clinical trial agreed that they were able to focus and concentrate better after the shot. 64% felt that the shots were a great mood booster. So maybe you want to try it. You're curious, as you should be. Use the promo code WordChampBogo, WordChampBogo. Buy one item, get one of equal or lesser value for absolutely free. Vitamenergy.com, energy with benefits, shake it and take it. WarChamp Bogo is the promo code. Number five is still blank. Number four is still blank. He's pacing on the right side of the screen. Could they do it? Will they do it? Or are they going to be sensible? And they will be sensible. Number five is Oregon. Number five, the Oregon Ducks. That means Florida State will slide in nicely to the number four spot with an inside track to the college football playoff. And won't that be something? If they get the job done this weekend against Louisville, we'll see how the top three shakes out. You certainly can't move Washington past Michigan after their performance this weekend in which they needed a field goal to win the Apple Cup over what became a 5-7 and seven Washington State team. So I would expect to see Florida State here at four. Personally, Aslan, I'd have Florida State at three. That's just me. That's just me. Uh, but... It should be FSU 4, Washington 3, Michigan 2, and Georgia 1 with fireworks to come. It's been nine years since we've covered this weekend with any extra intrigue. And uh, were you at the either the 2010, 13, 12, 13, or 14 ACC championship games? No, never been to Charlotte for this one. Really? Okay. So what is it that uh, that you expect to see this weekend in terms of maybe a crowd split? Louisville, has an, they're having an exceptional year. Their head coach might very well win. Uh, ACC coach of the year with what Jeff Brom was able to do. I would think it's going to be heavily Florida State out there in Charlotte this weekend, though, in terms of a 70, 70, 30 Knowles, I'm thinking 70, 30. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be 100 percent capacity, though. But in terms of the public body that will be out there. But yeah, there we go. Knowles four, Washington three. So, so there you go. Uh, if the if the season ended today, they love to do this in professional sports. If the season ended today, folks, Florida State would be playing Georgia in New Orleans. Ooh, that would be. Not, 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 not ideal. With a second string quarterback, uh, find a way by hook or crook this weekend, Aslan, to get me to the Rose Bowl and play in Michigan. That's what we're rooting for. Oregon now, we could, you, the path is clear. You can see it clear as day. 
Friday night, we're all Ducks fans. Take care of business on Saturday, and let's go play Michigan in the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. I think that's what we want. Everybody except Corey, who does not want to hop into a vehicle, to, and it won't be a plane, to yeah. get from one side of the country to the other. He's not waffling on that, is he? He's, is he going to get on a plane for this? No, he's dug, he's dug his heels in. He's yeah. he's driving. He's driving. He's going to use all the karma and all the pull he has in the world to, to get Florida State in the uh, Sugar Bowl. So. Well, Kirk Herbstreet's on the screen now. I'm sure he's saying that Florida State should be number nine in the country. That's okay. That's fine. They're number four. The committee says number four. And they moved quickly tonight and briskly because, as Aslan tells us, they've got basketball coming up. So we now welcome in here in just a moment. I see he's put the cans over the ears. Our own Gene Williams, founder and administrator of Warchant.com, is going to join us with instant reaction as Florida State is now back into the field. They've done what they needed to do, 12-0. I cannot see. And we'll bring him on in just a second, and I'll tee him up for this question. Gene, there he is. Gene, I cannot foresee a way in which Florida State now drops out of the top four with a win this weekend. Can you? Come on. Well, I was shocked when you guys mentioned Herbie when he came out. I was trying to listen to his comments as you were bringing me on there, so I apologize for being a little ill-prepared there. But he was it was funny. He was like a concession speech. He was conceding that Florida State's in if they oh. win. He goes because he said Washington, Oregon are take care of each other, and of course they they have to be in at that point. So the, the fact that he is even saying that tells me, you know, those little that slight little bit of fear we had – in the back of our minds, I can't see it. Sure, we'll be a little nervous. You know, it's like the selection show. You know, you just want to make sure you're in for basketball. You know you're in if you win the game. Of course, we would rather – look, I think Oregon's going to win. I don't know if you guys have brought that up yet. I think Oregon's the better team. I think they're going to win it, so everything's moot. I think Georgia's going to win too. So, yeah. I mean, all the, this so-called nightmare scenario, I think, is all going to be completely moot anyway. FSU's going to be in. The thing is – Take care of business. Win the ACC championship. Good things will happen. What I'm curious, and we know, I think we all agree sometimes there's a little bit of shenanigans involved in the committee and kind of how things are placed. I'm curious because the the lowest seed or the highest seed, I want to say, gets the choice of venue. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I'm guessing Georgia will be number one. Yeah. Um, so that I assume then they would pick. If they beat Alabama, I can't see anybody jumping them. I mean, Michigan beating Iowa. I mean, no. come on. Yeah, it's not strong enough. Yeah, so it's correct. not. So they're they're going to pick the Sugar Bowl. Where are they going to put? And that means Michigan will obviously want to be, and Michigan wants to be in the Rose Bowl anyway. But you would want that Pac-12 team to be out there with them, yes. right? So I mean, that it, it sure looks like it's setting up for Florida State. Corey's going to get his wish. Florida State, Georgia, if they win in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, well, it's almost, Gene, like uh, Kirk didn't believe what he was saying a week ago when we were on here because there's a concession speech now. It's almost like it was uh, more Hollywood than anything else. But really? I would say, you know, guys and Aslan, your thoughts on this. But for me, a personal rooting guide for this weekend starts Friday night and it starts with Oregon because if Oregon wins, Florida State gets off of the seed line with Georgia. I know that what Gene's talking about where they might like to pair teams if they possibly could, yeah. but I think by merit alone, having zero in the loss column, Washington would lose and be moved out of it. I think Florida State being a number three seed gets them a matchup with Michigan. If you're trying to survive the semifinals, you've got to do so by avoiding Georgia. You don't want to play Georgia with Tate Rodemaker at quarterback. So for me, the personal rooting guide, it would be Oregon over Washington. Do you agree or do you say, nonsense, bring me all that noise? Because if they can beat Georgia, then they can beat anybody. Might as well get them out of the way. Yeah, get them out of the way early, right? And just coast into the national championship game. <laughs> uh, now I'm with you. Yeah, 
Oregon beats Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. Florida State moves to number three. Oregon sneaks into number four, and then that puts number two Michigan playing number three Florida State in Pasadena. And that is, I know you're not going to have nearly the, the amount of crowd support you would have if you were in New Orleans, but man, I'll take less support, less talented team over more fan support facing the more talented team in Georgia. So, um, and another interesting thing too about the you know Gene's doomsday scenario, doomsday scenario that I talked about too about Alabama maybe being able to jump in there if they beat Georgia as an SEC champion, and, and then Georgia staying in there as well. Ohio State dropped four spots losing to Michigan. So I think if Georgia were to lose, yep, Georgia's going to drop enough spots where they would, you know, SEC champion is going to make it and it's just going to be that singular team representing that conference, I would think, based on what Ohio State's dropped to now. Yeah, Gene, two-part question. Number one, would you agree that we're all rooting for Oregon on Friday night? And then secondly, let's say Alabama does score the upset Saturday evening. Let's just say they do. But Texas also wins the Big 12. Do you think that the committee could possibly, in that scenario, elevate Alabama past a Texas team that it lost to by multiple scores at home? Or would the SEC be left out of the college football playoff in 2023? What do you think? (laughs) Do we live in a world where the SEC champion is going to be left out of the playoffs? <laughs> I, I wish we did, and we probably should, because in that scenario, Tom, I think you're right. And you, we've had the discussion about LSU, how they've kind of discounted that game because it happened in September. I hate that. Those games need to matter, or why schedule? Just schedule a bunch of bums in September if they, they're irrelevant. That game happened. Alabama got schooled at home by Texas. That's the head-to-head Texas should be in. I don't think that there's any argument against that except yep. for the SEC bias. And, oh, if you meet the mighty Georgia, the two-time chance by default, if you beat them, if you beat the champion, you're in. Uh, that's that We re- all realize that's probably what's going to happen, even though that should not happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sorry, what else did you – The other was just uh, Oregon. You agree? Like, it's, get away from Georgia. Yeah. In the oh, yeah. I, I love a matchup against Michigan. Yeah, uh, you know, I want to you get to the finals, you know, sure. It's mighty Georgia. If that ends up happening in that scenario, I'm fine. Man, you get the finals. Michigan doesn't scare me. I think FSU's defense has played well enough. That game is going to be close going into the fourth quarter. Give me Florida State against any team in the fourth quarter. We've seen how well they play, how resilient they are. I would love to see that scenario against a Michigan team. I think FSU wins that uh, going in. So put in a one game. Anything can happen. So I'm I'm all for that scenario. Again, I think they're going to find a way. I just can't see them not matching up a Pac-12 in a Big Ten team. But it would be weird to see Oregon jump Florida State. Yep. But knowing what the committee's done in the past, I can't say it would shock me. Because they say, well, FSU's in. They really can't complain. Well, here's, here's that situation. How about this situation, guys? Oregon and Alabama win. Michigan wins. Florida State wins. Michigan's one. Florida State is two. Mm-hmm. Bama jumps Oregon for three. Then you have Florida State, Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. And then you have Michigan, number one, Oregon, number four in Pasadena in the Rose Bowl. Could you see Alabama, if they were to win, Oregon were to win? Do you think Oregon stays ahead of them? I think Alabama's win over Georgia would be maybe more impressive than Oregon beating Washington. And that would perhaps give Alabama a little bit of a nudge. And then that way, you're Florida State, you're in the Sugar Bowl, you're playing, not Georgia. Uh, and then you, Gene gets the the Pac-12, Big Ten sort of matchup that historically uh, these folks like arranging. I think for that to happen, Texas would need to lose to Oklahoma State. Like, Texas is just this – I mean, they're a huge thorn in the paw 
Of, I agree. You can't Alabama discount that. Yeah. But that's not inconceivable. Don't get this is that's not inconceivable no. at all. I know that Oklahoma State has looked inconsistent at best, the most kindest way of putting it, the last month. But I mean, Texas has been susceptible to a big letdown even this year. That the way they lost to Oklahoma was is just crazy. That first half they imploded. They almost found their way back. So it's within them to do that. And I get Zachary's point. I see him in the chat. He says, worry about Louisville first. Like all of this supposes that there is a win on Saturday, and that's fair. I think if I was ranking, let's just say, the top three most compelling games this weekend, as in you're in the fourth quarter and people are sweating bullets, Florida State's probably going to make the cut on that list. I think, you know, Michigan-Iowa is going to be relatively boring in more ways than one. Iowa can't score, and that might be – it might be 14 to six, but it feels like 40 to six, even if Iowa's defense comes to play. I think that uh, if you're looking for another blowout, Oregon might win by multiple scores on Friday night. And, you know, I think the SEC game is, is very compelling. I think the Big 12 could be compelling. It has been historically the last few years. And I think we're in for a dogfight on Saturday. I'll reverse the order. Gene, back to you. Uh, what do you think in terms of? We're going to be on the edge of our seats at a bar or in the press box, <laughs> respectively, for you and Aslan. Like, which games do you think are going to be the ones that people are, are, are you know, sweating bullets over as they get down to the nitty gritty? Um, I, I mean, those are the two games, obviously. I mean, the Alabama, Georgia game. Uh, just because there's there's always the fear in the back of our minds. It's like that trauma is a child or something. It's always sitting there waiting to come out that the that somehow they're going to screw FSU if you can put two SEC teams in. I don't think yep. – it, it, there's no scenario that happens if FSU wins Saturday. I don't see – again, I, I was one of the ones who said maybe there's a 5% chance. I, I see there's like a .001% chance mm-hmm. of that happening. But that's still – you know, there's still that slight thing or so that I, I really agree. With that. I don't know. What's the line on Oregon, Washington, Tom, right now? I'll pull that up. But uh, yeah, I'll ask I don't know. Like what, what was, was it? it? Nine and a half Oregon. Wow. Favor. Yeah. Wow. But here's the thing. And this is why I think if there's going to a team, a one loss team is going to jump Florida State in my mind. Oregon is the only one that can do it. And the reason why is look at their resume. Look at who they beat. And they've blown out good ranked teams. Washington can't say that. You know, Alabama had they lost again multiple touchdowns at home to a good team, but nobody. I mean, if anybody saw that first Oregon Washington game, it was a it was a barn burner. Either either team could have won that, and that was obviously a qual a quality loss. I hate to use that phrase, but it was. I've been really impressed with Oregon. If they that scenario and they go out and win by a couple touchdowns, Tom, mm-hmm. it would not shock me to see them jump FSU to number three. But yeah, neither. But I think they will wiggle. That's wiggle room for them. So they can try to get that Pac-12, Big Ten matchup in the Rose Bowl. MyBookie.ag promo code Warchant. What do I get if I use the promo code Haslon? You get a 110% instant cash deposit bonus. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. You can use it on their live casino. You can do live in-game betting, or you can go ahead and be a true sportsman and make your picks before the game actually kicks off. As we sit here and talk and hang out as a family together, Florida State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Louisville. It was five-and-a-half 48 hours ago. The total, 48-and-a-half. I think Corey mentioned that earlier in the show. So if you're one of those, ah, Florida State just scores 30 points all the time, it's what they do. Uh, although they haven't done it like three out of the last four times. You might want to pound the over. Um, I don't know. I just think like 27, 21 Florida State wins. That's 48, so it gets you under. But who wants to root for an under? You do what you want. It's your money. 
Just use the promo code WordChant. Get that instant cash deposit bonus. Also, Florida State plus 2,500 to win the whole darn thing. Uh, so check it out. Peruse. MyBookie.ag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Uh, by extension, Aslan, really quickly. Uh, same question also. CGAP Blitz, thank you very much. Worried about Louisville. So uh, thank you very much again, CGAP. But uh, are you worried about Louisville this weekend? And does that does the ACC championship make your cut of maybe the games that are going to go down to the wire, highest ratings, most compelling, et cetera? Yeah, you know, I thought the Florida game was going to be stressful in the fourth quarter. So you know, Louisville's a little bit better everywhere. Obviously, you're not in the swamp, though, so maybe that mitigates a little bit of it. But I'm, I'm fully expecting it to be a stressful game in the fourth quarter. But I still – I'd have to squint and really try to be contrarian to, to say that I think Florida State's going to lose the game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't work out in their favor, but they've just done everything right for 13 weeks of this season so far. And hard to imagine them being this close to the finish line and, and stubbing their toe. So yeah, concerned about Louisville. I mean, they're, they're 15th or whatever they're ranked right now. And yeah, it's going to be a fourth quarter game, but this team has just shown the ability to, to win games as, you know, Gene mentioned earlier in the show and the defense bows up. So I'll, I'll, I'll ride with them. You have a pick for a Friday or Saturday night where you say, I wouldn't be stunned if this other upset occurs. Would it be in Atlanta? Would it be Big 12? Where, where would you look? Man, I just, I I, I almost want to zag and, and get on the Washington wagon. You know, looking at, at, at Oregon's schedule, Oregon's only, I think they've only been Oregon's, Oregon State's the only team that Oregon has defeated that's still ranked. Mm -hmm. um, I think Colorado might have been ranked when they beat up on them really badly. Ryan Rossello, shout out to him, researched that, seven common opponents between Oregon and Washington. Washington's beat those seven combined, those seven common opponents by an average of nine points. Oregon's beat them by like 20 points. So to Gene's point about Oregon being that much more dominant, but yeah, I don't think Oregon's going to do enough to, to jump that far ahead of a, a unranked undefeated Florida state team, just because they finally have beat Washington. But um I couldn't say I see that coming. I, I don't think Oklahoma Oklahoma State will play maybe Texas close, but if we I have to pick an upset based on the betting line, maybe Alabama figures something out. Maybe yeah. Jalen Milrow is just a little too much a handle for Georgia, but I know that sounds crazy considering they needed fourth and goal from the 31 to win. So <laughs> You never know, though, because uh, wasn't it New Mexico State-Auburn the week before? So, you know, it just it's been a wild year. It somebody's going to get got though, right, guys? Sorry, yeah. Tom, but somebody's yeah. going to get got. Like not not all the favorites are going to win on, on Friday and Saturday. I don't think so. But I guess that's your point. Like who who is it then? How about the uh, shocking that there's this many undefeated teams? This I mean, yeah. we're going into the playoffs. It's never happened before. Yeah. I we did the first one of these, and I go, there's going to be an upset. This is all going to be moot. It's not. Yeah, this is nuts. <laughs> And they're favored, except for Washington. I mean, that would be the only one that would have to upset their game for this whole scenario of all these undefeated teams to continue. Now, I mean, is... it's nuts. And, yeah, for yeah for our game, look, I'm throwing out the first quarter and a half of Tate, the first start down in the swamp. It's tough. I look at I, – I think you're going to get what you got for two and a half quarters. I think a competent quarterback, good play, good defense. I like FSU in the game. We'll get our picks later in the week. I'm sure during the War Chant report we'll have those come out. Um but I like them. But, you know, I don't. I also dislike the fact that Louisville played a horrible game the game before because you see these Evan Floyd teams, they always bounce back and play a better game the next week. So I don't like – I wish – I would love to have a big emotional close win against Kentucky and then roll into this game. It didn't happen that way. Yeah, where are you on that, Tom? I, I agree with Gene, too. And I, but I also kind of felt that was the, the case with Florida last week, too. Like, I thought them losing to Missouri was actually maybe like a blessing in disguise for the Gators and not a good thing for Florida State. I don't know if they would have played any worse had they beat Missouri, but I'm with Gene. I feel like Louisville is going to 
And this is if they can beat Florida State, they'll win an ACC championship, first ever in school history. They have a lot on the line. They have a lot to play for. So I'm expecting like a, a better Louisville team than had they actually won Kentucky. Where are you on that one? Yeah, I agree with that. You know, if you look at common opponents between Florida State and Louisville, Louisville has a pretty decent resume in those situations. The only thing is a few of those times, like Miami is the most glaring example, they played the common opponent right after Florida State did. You know, and so like playing Miami the week after FSU beats them uh, in, in a nail biter down the stretch, one in which they, you know, lose their quarterback in the fourth quarter. Uh, they might have a little bit of an emotional letdown, a physical letdown. So maybe that has something to do with Louisville getting to 38 points more than their offense being much better. Um, that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is Tate Rodemaker will never face as much adversity uh, as he did last week. You know, you have the ball for three plays in the first quarter. It's in the swamp. You got to do all these things emotionally to get over a hurdle and go finish and make a few throws to win the game. And he did. He should be freed up to play this particular game. Uh, this weekend. The other way to look at it is who's got more pressure on them? Oh, it's easy. It's Florida State. Louisville has absolutely zero pressure to win this game. They're If they win it, they go to a New Year's Six Bowl. If they don't, they don't. But you know what? Uh, they've they've accomplished their goals. If you're Jeff Brom, year one as the head coach, you've completely accomplished your goals. The group feels fine about itself, even if they don't come away with a win on Saturday. Florida State is protecting a college football playoff berth. Louisville is playing spoiler. So uh, there's a lot of indicators that would point to Louisville playing more free than Florida State, but that's why they play these games. It's just going to be so freaking fascinating. And I love that it's the crescendo, and it is up against the time slot of Michigan and Iowa. That's not the game of the weekend. That's not even close to the game of the weekend. Hopefully it's Iowa 9, Michigan 7, and that's our surprise. But nobody's going to want to watch that for three and a half hours. Our game is going to be a big one that, I mean, think about how many one-loss teams, Gene, are going to be watching this game hoping against hope that Louisville can open the door for their playoff berth because as 2014 Ohio State proved, all you got to do is get in, and if you do, you never know what can happen. And you brought up that scenario, which would be completely wacky if Iowa wins. And look, when you've got two defensive teams, they're going to play a close game, a turnover here or there, and suddenly Iowa wins, and you want to talk about just throwing everything amok at that point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Texas could be, who knows, FSU could end up as a number one seed playing Texas or something in the, in the first <laughs> round. How crazy would that be? But it's 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 in the scenario, it's possible. Sign it me is. up for that. I'll, I'll take on the horns on Bourbon yeah, Street. horns in New Orleans, that'd be fun. Yeah. That would be epic. That I mean, and you know what? Yeah, I'm here to say it. Florida State would score at least 35. I just don't know that it would be enough. But that that Texas D is, it, defense is very gettable. Oh, man, it's just it's so much fun to be able to have these scenarios play out in your head. And like Z-Chan was saying, and we appreciate the official DMD of Warchan TV for saying uh, every scenario includes us in the playoffs. We love that. Thank you for your contributions, uh, Z-Chan. Yeah, I mean, there is a distinct possibility that Saturday does not go Florida State's way. But it would be an upset, even with Tate at quarterback, Aslan. It would be an upset. I mean, you, you were out there at practice today. I can't imagine that they were resting on their laurels at practice and and Mike Norvell allowed the focus to let up even one bit. I think they might have gone a little bit shorter today for preservation purposes, but they were intense and ready to go, were they not? Yeah, it it looked and felt like a normal practice that doesn't unfortunately have Jordan Travis out there leading the offense, but it was a little bit shorter, but they were still banging around. They were still running their 11 on 11 stuff. I'm I'm not gonna make any declarations on Tate and, you know, this, this, this hope, this theory that, you know, football teams make their biggest growth from week one to week two, game one to game two, hoping you see that same kind of jump out of Tate. Let me give me one more day at practice. 
uh, to see how he's able to perform on Wednesday. We'll be out there, Ira, myself, Matt, um, and, and we'll see if maybe there's a, some more stuff kind of clicking for him. But um, again, man, this is just pretty evenly matched up teams uh, from where they're at right now. And, and this is probably the, the first team that's got like, I don't know, you have to go back to like Jaden Daniels that they've played a competent quarterback, and maybe yeah. Kyron Drones to a certain degree, but he was his third start of the season. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see if this defense can kind of keep up what they've been doing against a team that's got a pretty good offensive line of scrimmage and then a quarterback who still makes some mistakes, but might be able to make a few more plays than a true freshman like Emory Williams or a true, you know, Richard freshman like Max Brown. So we want to thank Kayvon as well. Thank you very much, Kayvon, for the contribution. 50 Canadian. We love it across the border. Knowles and uh, War Chant TV or worldwide. Gene, uh, we're going to wrap it up here shortly, but uh, just your your concern level for this weekend. Just I'm talking about your concern that it doesn't go Florida State's way. And let's put it relative to something else. Last week's game on the road in the swamp, were you more concerned about the 12th game of the season or are you more concerned about this championship game against what on paper definitely is a more talented Louisville team? Uh, that's actually pretty easy. And again, this is being an old school guy who's been around for a while and seen these rivalries. The state championship is so much, means so much more. I mean, you got to live with these guys. And I think for recruiting, it's so important and for the long-term health of the program. You needed to win that game. And you're nervous going, obviously, Tate making that start in the swamp. And we've all been there. And I know you, Aslan, you and you guys talked about how you could tell. Until you're there, you really can't appreciate it. And I hate to give them credit for anything, but they that is an incredible atmosphere when they're getting after it. So for FSU to go down there and keep them from being bowl eligible and you got, you know, you got uh, the next iteration of Willie Taggart down there about on the hot seat now and it's going to help you in recruiting. It's so big. You would, I mean, it, this would be the cherry on top to win the ACC championship. Everything else is complete gravy in my mind. Whatever happens after that, it would be great. So, but I mean, to beat Miami, to beat Florida, you've done it two years in a row. It says so much about what the staff, what the, how far this program has come. It would suck because you wouldn't be technically be regular season ACC champs, but not technically ACC champs. So it would suck. But I really don't think it would affect this program's health long term. Where I think losing that game down in the swamp, eh, hmm. wouldn't have been great for everybody. Aslan, what do you think? This game is going to be tougher. I mean, again, if you look at accomplishments and and power ratings and efficiency ratings, Louisville is a tougher opponent. But the circumstance matters. The where the game is kicked off matters. It was in Gainesville last week. How would you rank your concern level last week? Were you correctly pointed a nip and tuck game versus this one against Louisville? Man, just, again, I just think it's going to be a stressful game in the fourth quarter, right? I just, I, I to Gene's point, like I, I don't want to spend one more second than we have to talking about how tough it is to play in the swamp, but like that, they were getting after it, man. That was, that was a really hectic lubed up environment. And, and for Tate to keep his poise after some of those early struggles is really a testament to just how mature he is and, and how dialed in he was. Uh, but I, I'll take, you know, I'd rather be in that kind of environment than playing a team that seemingly is a little bit more sound, a little bit more disciplined. I think maybe athletically Florida is more gifted than Louisville is, but I think Jeff Brom's a much better game day coach, much better program builder than yeah. Billy Napier. I think he'll keep his guys kind of calm and confident. You know, that game was still in the balance when, you know, Tate slides and two guys decide to go headhunting on a really bizarre kind of decision. I Not to say the Louisville's, the you know, West Point here, but just feel that maybe they'll, they won't shoot themselves in the foot as much as Florida did and won't make it nearly as easy for him. Plus, I guess, you know, maybe the line being two and a half also kind of portends of that a little bit as well. 
It's unfortunate that Heezer and his and his crew didn't allow for a double targeting to be called because I think that would have been the first uh, spit ejection, double targeting ejection in the history of college football. And Florida could have made history on their way to not playing in a bowl game. So that would have been fun. C. Dale, thank you very much for the contribution. I'm so tired when people say we shouldn't be in if we win Saturday. Michigan has been trash in the playoffs the last two years, and they got beat by the TCU team that got pummeled by Georgia last year. Fair point, C. Yeah. Dale. I mean, I think yeah. this is what tonight was about, guys, as we're closing it down here. The noise was down here with a cloud of sports center anchors and random Twitter people telling you Florida State doesn't belong in the top four. And now after this program, even Kirk, who was leading the charge to a degree, you win and you're in. You win and you're in. There, there's no more noise here. Win on Saturday night and you're in. Does anybody take issue with that on the panel tonight, Gene? Nope. I, like I said, the small scintilla of fear I had has if evaporated. Thank, thank you, Kirk. I mean, he actually, I, I, the fact that he gave up the the leading the charge tells me that. I, again, to that last uh, last post, man. I'm. That's why we want Michigan. We've seen this story before. We've seen what happens when a Big Ten team plays a faster, more athletic Southern team, and I, I could see that played out again. They, I guess, they have seen Keon Coleman. You know, I, I'm guessing he probably did really well when he played against Michigan because they don't see guys like that in the Big Ten. They don't see guys with the speed of Trey Benson. So I, I'm looking, I'm hoping we get to that point. We get to have that discussion. But yeah, no, I, I think they're in at this point. I, I It would be some completely wacky scenario. I don't know, maybe FSU wins 2 nothing, and all the other teams blow everyone out. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that happens. There's a drive. They're saying with the weather's supposed to be bad, maybe it's a driving rainstorm and it looks awful. Who knows? Aslan, we go to Charlotte all the time. It's usually in July. Now we get to do so in December. Uh, you're looking at this one and saying tunnel vision, right? And be entertained by the other football games. But if Florida State wins, then start booking your arrangements for January 1st in the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what what's happened to me here, like in the last 24, 36 hours. But like, I'm being honest, man. Like, I, I'm not playing TV. I'm not playing radio on here. Like, part of me was really concerned that if, you know, I think Alabama beating Georgia to me would be that scenario where both of those teams would get in. I, listen, I don't care about the Alabama-Texas head-to-head. I know it was a real game. I know it happened. It was two months ago. It was eternity. I don't think the committee was going to give it nearly as much uh, weight as you know the AP and the coaches did two months ago when it first happened. So that was like my big fear. Um, but just looking at how low Alabama still is on, on tonight's poll, Hard to believe that both of them would be able to stay in the top four. Not saying that Alabama wouldn't get in. I think the SEC champion gets in no matter what. But both those teams getting in, that would be my fear. That would keep an undefeated Florida State out. But the way it's all lined up in a range, I just I can't see the calculus that lets Florida State or leaves Florida State out after they're able to be victorious on Saturday night. So feels good, man. Feels real good. That is a wrap for Wake Up or Chant. Thanks to Tom and Gene for hanging out last night and letting me use that on our podcast feed. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you all for listening. We'll do a mailbag tomorrow, next two days. I'll be at practice today, though. I'll try to give you some better practice observations, fingers crossed. If not, go to warchant.com. I'm sure uh, Ira will probably, I don't want to put too much pressure on the big guy, but we should have some sort of observation thread or uh, story. So go check that out. That would be pretty cool, right? Uh, but yeah, we'll do mailbag thread is up on the tribal council we'll probably keep it open until there's like 20 replies and then shut it down that'll be the next two shows as well as an interview with mark ennis of espn louisville talking about the card so we'll mix that into probably thursday show and then yeah that's uh thursday and friday will be the mailbag because i'll be traveling up to charlotte for a championship game pretty sweet pretty sweet thanks for hanging out hit the five star rating interview thumbs up and all that he's Corey. 
I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up Board Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.